0: Hey my friend, this is your day. Today's guest is offering you a free 64-page PDF that will change your life in 13 seconds and bring world peace a few seconds after that. That's his offer. This is Brian Del Turco. Thanks for listening today to Jesus Smart the Podcast, episode 128. Just for you, build 3D immunity and thrive with special guest Frank Viola. Frank has another offer. If you read the whole PDF, and I don't know how he's gonna verify this, a quiz or an honor code, I just don't know how he's gonna do it, but you'll get a free carton of toilet paper shipped, shipped to your door. That's his promise, okay? Seriously, it's a fun read, it's informative and it's challenging, and it's about surviving this current virus crisis in a 3D way. Most of us think just about physical immunity We don't often think of psychological and spiritual immunity, but those systems are actually stronger than our physical immune system. It's called A Survival Guide for the Current Virus Crisis. Lemon suckers, he says, will be highly allergic to the survival guide. You can go to the show notes page for this episode, JesusSmart.com thrive to go deeper and for links and resources mentioned today i enjoyed the dialogue here's frank viola hey have you heard that we are in a global pandemic right now i have today with us a great guest frank viola he has written something which is beginning to go viral i hear how how are you doing frank doing great brian all right, survival guide for the current viral crisis. Now, Frank is saying he is saying that this ebook will change your life in 13 seconds <laughs> and bring world peace a few seconds after that. Yeah, wh- why not? Why not? Okay, but here's my question, Frank we don't have world peace yet. I know the PDF is going viral. It just, there's not enough saturation yet globally, right?
1: That's it. That's exactly right. Yeah, there's a threshold. There's a number that must be hit. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, That's... if your listeners would go ahead and get the guide and read it, well, then I think we're going to see some results here. Think about it. We have to hit that
0: inflection point. So you want to go to frankviola.org slash survival, and we'll keep calling out that URL. That's where you can download this PDF for free. Now, Frank, you're saying that we can survive this virus crisis in a three-dimensional way. What What do you mean by that?
1: Building a 3D immune system. The idea would be this virus crisis survival guide tells you how you can be mentally sane throughout this ordeal. And that's important. Because oh. Once your mind goes, everything else follows, okay? <laughs> Uh, So that's the first part, your emotional well-being. Now, I put emotional with mental. So I have mental slash emotional because I want it to be 3D, not 4D. And whatever you think about affects your emotions. So the mind and the emotions go together. So how you can emotionally thrive. So mental, emotional. The second one is your spirit and yes. I'm writing to Christians. I am a Christian author, and so I'm bringing in the spiritual dimension. And it just seems to me that Christians, by and large, forget everything they've read in the Bible <laughs> when they go through crisis. Psalm twenty-three gets deleted. Romans eight twenty-eight gets deleted, and they gravitate toward the narrative that the world is pushing. Whether that is to make people infuriated, fearful, or depressed. Okay, and then the third part. After we have mind, emotion, and then spirit, we have the physical. How can we physically keep ourselves immune? This not only deals with how to protect yourself from the virus, but also how to keep in shape during this very unusual time. So it's a 3D approach to not only surviving the crisis and building your immune system in all those different areas, but also how to thrive in it, Brian. Ah, And I believe that this is a great crisis that can be used for wonderful opportunities if we have an eye for that And I talk about that at length in the survival guide, but it also can be wasted. And I see a lot of Christians wasting this crisis, and they're going to go back and look on it years later and say, Gosh, I wasted a good crisis. Look at the bonehead decisions I made during this time. I didn't have to do that. And so I'm writing the survival guide for every believer in Jesus Christ to not only entertain them, because there's a lot of humor in it, but also to equip them to not only survive this crisis, but to thrive in it.
0: You're saying never let this crisis, this corona crisis go to waste, but but to optimize the experience. What is the Lord looking for?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I talk at length about that in the survival guide.
0: Now, what I really (laughs) like about this this 3D model that you're, you're using is that normally we think about immunity at only at the physical plane, you know, level. And of course we have this protocol, this personal protocol that we're to practice like distancing and hand-washing and wearing a mask if necessary. Those all deal with a physical level, but you're talking about a psychological level, right? Which is the mental emotional, as well as course as that core level spirit. I, I just think that, Sometimes our frameworks of thinking need to elevate, you know, to to, like in this case, think about immunity as 3D instead of 1D. This is is so good. So we're going to get into it today. It's going to be great. This is a very entertaining PDF. Uh, Frank says in here that lemon suckers will be highly allergic to the survival guide, you know, people that are just like too serious and can't enjoy humor. There's a lot of humor here. I think your most recent book, The Insurgents, has made quite a splash, right, Frank? It's all about the kingdom of God. And I know that that's a, like a theme, a motif throughout your PDF here. Kingdom of God is very important, right? And just real quick, what are you seeing in terms of The Insurgents and that that movement?
1: The book is entitled Insurgents Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, and people can check out free samplers of the book if they haven't heard of it yet at insurgents.org. But basically, it uncorks the explosive, titanic, life-altering gospel of the kingdom, which I believe has been lost to us as Christians today. We hear about the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God, usually when it's preached today, it either means going to heaven when you die, or it means making the world a better place through leveraging political and social power. I argue that the kingdom of God is neither, and it transcends both. So that's what the book is about, particularly the gospel of the kingdom. What is the gospel of the kingdom? We always hear about the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, and that's defined different ways by different Christian camps. But what's the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus preached, that John the Baptist preached, that Paul of Tarsus preached, that all the apostles in the first century preached, and how can that be recovered? And so we do see God's people now recovering and reclaiming this gospel, not in large numbers though, Brian, you know, it's not like a big movement, but it is a phenomenon. And the more people that catch hold of it, And allow it to change them and transform them, the more it spreads. And uh, I actually initiated a podcast at the beginning of last year entitled The Insurgents Podcast. And every episode I have a conversation partner and we answer listener questions. And it's one of the best things I've ever done. In fact, I think in fact, the very first episode that you did on this podcast, I believe I was your guest and we talked about the insurgents and the the gospel of the Kingdom
0: and you know i just kind of wanted to mention that about your bio that i know that your ministry really took off after that episode <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> All you know, your your global you digital footprint like went to another level yeah. Yeah, if you're too serious out there and being facetious and trying to be funny here. But what a great first guest and what a great theme because that's a big theme that I'm very interested in. And so now, Frank, I failed to mention Frank has an incentive for you to go to frankbiola.org slash survival and get your free PDF. Here's the incentive. If you do it and read the whole thing, he will send you a free carton of toilet paper. I'll Frank, <laughs> ship to your door. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> that is good news, man. We can get all the drop shipments we need here. I'm telling you right now. So why did you write this survival guide? What What's your motivation? What prompted this? Um, and how is it being received so far?
1: Yeah, great question. Well, it just came out recently, and I don't want to date this episode, but if you're listening in the month of May 2020, it just came out a couple of weeks ago. I wrote it because I see Christian people having a really hard time, okay? Some of them are stuck. They're not handling the crisis very well emotionally. Some of them have gone into depression And this is because they have to be cooped up in their homes. This is because some of them have lost their jobs. This Mm -hmm. is because some of them have to endure daily life with their crumb crunchers who are driving (laughs) them insane and they're being tempted to commit homicide, some of them. And then you also have uh, people who are just absolutely enraged and they're enraged because They have bought into some conspiracy theories, and there's a lot floating out there. It it has made them uh, imbibe this culture of outrage, Mm. which I hope we can talk about later, because I got a lot to say about conspiracy theories. And then you have others, you know, they're they're just out of sorts. They're gaining weight. They're not exercising. It's affecting their mind and emotions. It's affecting their spiritual life. A lot of them are being gripped by fear. Brian, Mm -hmm. because of the uncertainty of the whole situation. Mm -hmm. I just wrote an article on my blog entitled, When Will Things Get Back to Normal? And they can find it at frankviola.org, just search for it. But one of the arguments I make in it is that nobody really knows what's going on, irrespective of those who pretend that they do. I mean, we don't know when this virus is going to be nailed shut We don't know when there's going to be uh, an adequate treatment for it where it just stops it dead in its tracks. We don't know what the economy is going to do over the next 12 months. We don't know if a person catches the virus and recovers if, in fact, they can get it again. Mm -hmm. We don't know what the real number of the death tally is. I mean, we have at least, but we don't know how many of those people actually died from covid And I'm sure there have been deaths that haven't even been recorded. There is so much that we do not know about this virus. And so one of the things I urge my readers to do is stop pretending that you do. I mean, there's a certain arrogance that's in the bloodstream of social media right now as it concerns the pandemic, that people are overly confident in their own opinions and in their own research, quote unquote. And some of that research is just, quite frankly, ridiculous because it's based on debunked theories. So there's just a lot of confusion. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of unchristian behavior where God's people are getting sucked into this emotional vortex Mm. where they are acting just like the world on social media. They're bickering, they're blaming, they're fighting with one another. And I address all this not only in the virus guide, but also in that article that I put out, when will things get back to normal? And the answer is, we do not know. Nobody knows. And number two, I reframe the word normal, bro. Brian, because while well, what's happening is not normal for you or me, it's normal to this unredeemed planet. Yeah. If you look at world history, it has always had seasons of pestilence, pandemics, depressions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know what I mean? Yeah, and sure. it's just happening to us right now. Yeah. So it's, oh it's abnormal, but it's really quite normal for a fallen corrupt planet. And people who have preceded us have gone through stuff like this before. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there really is not anything abnormal about it.
0: Yeah, that's a really strong point in your PDF. And and would you say that this is an expression of of like creation and even ourselves, as Paul says, and I think Romans eight, we're groaning, yes. we're groaning, waiting for the fullness of of the kingdom to come in its in its fullness with Christ, right? So you talk about serial Christians, right? You call them the flakes, fruits, and the nuts who come out of come out of everywhere in droves and generating and echoing all of this nonsense on social media. So people are getting angry, frustrated, depressed. I mean, there's a connection between depression and anger, isn't there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this whole pandemic, and this is true for any crisis, Brian, whether it's a relational crisis, a financial crisis, or a health crisis, but it's putting pressure on the tube of toothpaste. You know, you take a tube of toothpaste and you begin to squeeze it and what happens? (laughs) What is inside that tube comes out, okay? And so when you see Christians engaging in grumbling, fault-finding, slandering people they have never met do not know personally, Mm -hmm. and I'm talking about people we see on television Mm -hmm. primarily, when you see Christians engaging in outrage, which is condemned in the New Testament, as is fault-finding, when you see Christians engaging in very carnal fleshly behavior, even fear, etc., to the point that it causes them to make very self serving decisions, what's happening is it is revealing what's already inside them, right? So the pressure always makes known what's inside of us. And I think what's happening is that we're all getting a real good, clear look at our level of spiritual maturity. Christians who believe their leaders believe that they're advanced in the Lord right now, they're not acting (laughs) very Christ-like, many of them, right? And it's because they're being exposed. We're all being exposed, all of us, myself included. I'm seeing proclivities in me that I have to caution against and stop cold because you can easily become emotionally hijacked by this thing. But if a person can look at how they're reacting to it and see that that's an indication of their spiritual stature and spiritual maturity, it ought to drive us to Jesus Christ. And to allow him to surgically do what he does best, and that is deal with areas in our lives that we may have been blind to so that he can transform them into his image. And this is a prescription that I give in the virus guide, and I'm very practical about it, too. You know, I don't just talk about it in a theoretical way, but in a very practical, experiential way.
0: Yeah, you know, the beauty of a stress test in the medical world is that it it shows us our internals, you know, it gives us like a metrics or a measurable and mm. observable data mm. on what's on what's going on, you know, biologically or in our anatomy and, and this is really it's many things but it's a stress test for sure you know, it's surfacing what's what's on the inside and a real uh, opportunity for a reset. So frankviola.org slash survival is where you can get this this great PDF. How are you so productive, Frank, during this time? Um, I think you've been very productive specifically during this season. That's the sense that I have. But how are you being so productive during this time? And, and what would you say to us about creativity and being productive and maybe looking for some new edges.
1: Well, I do discuss this in the Survival Guide. When we have a downtime, when we have time where, you know, our normal routines have been hijacked, this is a great time to be creative. This is a great time to produce. This is, mm-hmm. this is a great time for people who maybe have never journaled before. They're starting to journal. This is a great time where Someone may have had a book idea in their mind, and now they have time to write that book. This is a great time if you want to start a blog, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, I have certain systems that I've used for years that have... Increased my productivity game into insane levels. Uh, by that, I mean, you know, in a span of 10 years, I, I managed to write over 10 books, published books now by reputable publishers. Right. On top of that, another 10 yeah. or more ebooks, uh, like The Virus Guide is an ebook, it's a PDF, mm-hmm. but it's also people can also read it right on the blog. For those who are allergic to PDFs, you can actually read the <laughs> whole thing on a blog. Yeah. Right? It's smart to put it
0: both, both places.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I credit my uh, Facebook friends for that because I was crowdsourcing some ideas and I said, should I make it a long blog article, the virus guide, or should I make a PDF? And some of them said, why don't you just do both? Duh. Face to palm. <laughs> so yeah. I credit them. But anyway, yeah, I have certain systems that make me insanely productive. And I teach other people how to do that too. In fact, I have a course that a number of people are going through right now during this time period where so really? many people are at home. Yeah. But it's called Prolific. People can check it out at prolificcourse.com. That's all mm-hmm. one word, prolificcourse.com. And I give away all of my trade secrets, my secret sauce of how how productive I okay. have been, yep. how I generate ideas, where my creativity comes from, what inspires that, how to stay inspired when I go through periods where I'm not motivated and I have writer's block, for example, how I overcome that. So there's a lot to it. And also there's a piece in how to find your life mission. You know, how do you find your GPS internally concerning your purpose in life? You know, what God has specifically crafted you to do and be. So yes. there's several exercises. It's very practical. And it's all come out of my experience. And really the provocation of it, Brian, was so many people said, how are you so prolific? How do you write so much? How do you produce so many projects in such a short period of time? And you know, do you not sleep? And uh, I do sleep. Actually, I sleep quite well. Thank you, Lord. But um, I do have certain systems, and so I give all of that away in the prolific course.
0: Yeah, creativity is such a powerful um, part of the of the human kit. You know, being created in God's image. You know, even if it's latent or untapped, right? It's 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 such a an important layer to unearth. And I mean, I just can't help but say, I, I think you'll concur with this. That being creative, especially during times like this, but really all the time, but and maybe getting more accurate about our life purpose is such a healthy pursuit, right? Would you say that it mitigates against depression and, and anxiety? And I would say that it does. What do you think?
1: I absolutely agree. This is a great time to get clear on what your life's mission is, and to begin putting your hand to some new projects. Yeah, to creating some new things because again, this is an opportunity that may only come once in our lifetime, and you can waste this crisis or you can find the opportunity that it's giving you. It's never going to come to you again, mm-hmm. and every crisis does give us an opportunity to make something new possible. Yes. and that's the big point I make in the virus crisis survival guide. Every crisis makes something new possible. It gives us an opportunity to break some new ground. And this crisis has given us that in spades, I believe. Oh my goodness. And I walk people through that in that guide.
0: Our prayer, this is how I would say it, our prayer should not be so much, Lord, get me out of this and make haste, you know, deliver me from this. Now, what we're inferring there is get me back to the norm that I used to live under in the security and the comfort that I felt there. But Lord, bring me through this successfully in your eyes. So the difference would be, Lord, deliver me from this versus Lord, bring me through this transformationally. Right. Lord, what are you asking of me during Mm -hmm. this time? Yes. Um, Do you have any any uh, perspective on that?
1: Well, as I said in one of the podcast episodes I did on how to handle a crisis, the way that we get through some things in life is to go through them. Mm -hmm. The only way to get through them is to go through them. And this pandemic is a perfect example of that. It touches everything. It touches our health. It touches our finances. It touches our relationships. Those are the three big areas wherein people face crisis. Either it's a health crisis, a financial crisis, or it's a relational crisis. And in this pandemic, we have elements of all three going on at the same time. And there is no doubt in my mind that God, with respect to his children, is zeroing in on areas of our lives that he wants to deal with. Okay. Mm. For some people, it could be their temper. And now this is starting to really show itself because you're locked in (laughs) with others, right? For other people, it could be certain addictions. For other people, it could be a problem with anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. That's not been dealt with, Mm -hmm. right? For other people, it could be security, security they have in material possessions, in money. Maybe a lot of Christians have a love affair with their jobs. You know, they find their identity in their jobs. They find their satisfaction in their jobs. And all these things eclipse Jesus Christ. And what the Lord is seeking to do is for each one of us, he's zeroing in on some area of our life, could be more than one. And he's using the crisis to expose it, and to deal with it, and this is what wasting a good crisis is, It's just to be completely blind to this, the spiritual inner workings of the Lord, what He's really after. And again, in the Virus Crisis Survival Guide, I go into this in great depth, and I do a remixing of Psalm 23, for example and how that applies to this crisis, as well as any other crisis that comes down the pike. So yeah, I I definitely resonate with that. In fact, I think I put it in God's favorite place on earth. Sometimes that's a book I've written, one of my favorites. But sometimes God will deliver us from trouble. Other times he will deliver us through trouble. Yeah,
0: we really need to, to search ourselves. You know, the New Testament talks about judging ourselves, that we be not judged. And you know, testing ourselves. I think David says in Psalms 139, search me, O God, and see.
1: Oh, yes. Perfect.
0: See see if there's any way of pain in me, any hurtful way to lead me in the way everlasting.
1: I'm going to make a statement, and I hope people will remember it and even write it down. Jesus Christ has called us to make disciples to himself and his kingdom. He has not called us To convert other people to our opinions. Hmm. And that's exactly what people are doing when they take this microphone that's been put in their hands. And that's what social media is, folks. It's a microphone. Hmm. You have been given a microphone, a platform to speak up. And what you will find in your Facebook feed, in your Twitter feed, your Instagram feed, your LinkedIn feed, you're not going to find very many people sharing about Jesus Christ sharing the gospel of the kingdom, presenting Jesus Christ, what you're going to find by the Christians, quote unquote, is an endless, relentless feeding frenzy on the latest conspiracy theory and arguing over it and trying to defend it or trying to debate. That's all you're going to find really in spades. And here we have been completely sidetracked, completely distracted by all of this stuff. And I talk about conspiracy theories at length in the virus guide. And I make the point, what if the conspiracy theory is true, Frank? Well, it doesn't change any of the other things that I prescribe, which are the important things. Those things don't move. And those are the things that many of God's people have lost sight of and aren't actively pursuing. It doesn't change it. And not only that, but you can't really do much if a conspiracy theory is true. And most of them are false folks. Most of them are just garbage, nonsense, ludicrous studies and in insanity. Um, okay. I mean, most of them out there, they've been debunked already. Anyway, but even if it's true, it doesn't change the need for the gospel of the kingdom to be preached. Why are you using your microphone to share some of these harebrained conspiracy theories instead of presenting the Lord Jesus Christ? And this is why many—Brian, this is why many people in the world look at Christians and don't want them to give them advice on anything because they don't think their IQs rise above that of a carrot.
0: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we are called—you know, Christ is the wisdom and the power of God, right? We are called (laughs) to— Operate at a higher level. So Christians are buying into these things, and and there's a sensationalism about it. It's it's very um, you know it's like uh, I don't know junk food or something. It's like you know <laughs> yes. it's, it's it's like an addiction. It's yeah. it's very it's very titillating it's very exciting and and, and of course we probably taps into this thing where where we think we know things as you've already mentioned and want to have some secret knowledge behind the scenes of what's what's going on and and we're wasting the crisis mm. right because we're not looking at issues of let's pull back personal transformation what if anything are you asking of me god during this time what are you asking me to reset if that's attitudinally or you know spiritual development or career or you want me to start this initiative or this cause what what are you wanting me to reset and one of the great things that really jumped out at me from your piece is that you say that god is always at work in any crisis whether it's personal or global and that he's after the transformation of his people into the image of christ right And that he's also seeking to awaken a kingdom consciousness in people. That's what he's after. That's right. At an elemental level. And if we don't get that baseline right, we're going to waste it, right? We're going to waste it. And we're just going to sort of, whatever the future looks like, we personally are just going to be
1: stuck in our old normal, right? This is searching for every individual because some people are going to come out of this crisis with her garments still smoking and saying, you know what, the Lord gained some territory in me through this thing. (laughs) And maybe even even say, you know, I was able to responsibly use my platform in social media, and I was able to encourage some believers, get them off of this crazy conspiracy train, and I was able to bring some lost people to Jesus Christ. There's going to be others that they're not even in touch with the fact that they're wasting this crisis, They're not in touch with the fact that they're using their social media platform irresponsibly. And years later, they'll look back and say, you know what? I completely failed there. You know, I had a great crisis and I wasted it. And that's why I wrote the survival guide for the present virus crisis. And that's why I've made it free, Brian, because I want to see God's people shine. You know, throughout history, it was the Christians that shined magnificently, When there was a pestilence or a plague that swept through the towns, cities, and villages, Mm. it was the Christians who were the ones who took care of the sick. You know, even the medical doctors got out of Dodge when these plagues would come through. The Christians stayed and nursed their own. First of all, they took care of one another, right? That's the first order of business is the house of God. First priority, yeah. Paul yeah. says this in Galatians. Right. Jesus talked a lot about this when he talked about loving one another. He's talking okay. about his own kingdom community. But that bleeds over into loving people in the world. And the Christians were the ones that were highly respected because they didn't operate out of fear. Well, today you look at social media and you look at what the Christians are doing and you just have to shake your head. And that's why I wrote the virus guide to him who has ears to hear, to her who has ears to hear, because there is a message here, there's a lot we can do with this crisis, we don't have to just survive it. We can thrive in it and we can mm. use it for the glory of God. But there's some things we have to learn first. And there's also some things that we need to be educated about, especially when it comes to this business of conspiracy theories, because that's where I see the wheels coming off for many Christians is they're getting sucked into the vortex of the whole conspiracy world. yeah, And it's mm. really damaging them emotionally and mentally. They don't realize it, but it's also damaging their testimony.
0: Mm, yeah, these things have effects, and you know, our children are watching, our grandchildren are watching, right? Friends are watching, extended families observing us. You know, people in our neighborhood, whatever people at work. And this crisis is exposing things. And uh, FrankViola.org/slash/survival. It seems like, in some sense, we're—if we're not careful—we can be more discipled by the world's system than by the Lord. For Example, if you're ODing on news, uh, good luck with uh <laughs> having a season in your life where you're being more discipled, you know, by the Lord than that. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I think scripture intake needs to be high, right? We could say that, right? Prayer, yes, and and worship inputs from the world need to be minimized, I'm not saying totally eliminated, but but minimized. It's really a point of view issue, right? What is our positioning? What is our point of view? This is a substantive PDF. It's entertaining. Mm. It's filled with entertainment, which we need. We need to relax a little bit and breathe mm. and maybe laugh. It's a great roundup of resources, too. There's a lot of outbound links on this PDF, which which go to other resources. Tremendous sort of a roundup collection of this. And this is the power of the PDF, right, Frank? The Portable Document File. Wow, <laughs> I had no right? idea that's what that stands for. So. Yeah, the the humble PDF is a powerful instrument if we just know how to use it. I'm I'm serious now. I mean, imagine if the Apostle Paul had PDFs.
1: I just been educated. I did not know what. Could you PDFs imagine did. that?
0: I mean, he had to write these letters, which were circulated by foot <laughs> and took days and weeks to, you know, to hit these communities of faith and to reach people. Imagine if he had access to PDFs. That's that's uh, mm-hmm. really something to think. Now I'm I'm in no way suggesting that you know. What you're writing here is rising to the level of inspired. <laughs> <history>. <laughs> Thanks
1: but, for saying that. Some of the things that listeners read into—not uh, regular listeners; these are the drive-by listeners—is just amazing.
0: Hey, I'm yeah. just being funny here, but this is solid content and highly recommended. And, and really, people should share it. FrankViola.org/survival. Your website is frankviola.org, of course. You have the podcast, the
1: Insurgents Podcast. One of the things we talked about, and I'm planning on writing about it in the next article. I send out an article every Thursday on my blog, frankviola.org. And by the time many of you will have listened to this, it will already be published. But I want to just address The four reasons why many Christians, not all, thank God, latch on to these screwball conspiracy theories and spread them. And and it really is intriguing because many smart, well-adjusted, psychologically sound people who we all know, uh, you know, we have friends, we all have friends, we all have family members who have just gone Looney Tunes and accepting and spreading just complete nonsense, maybe because it comes in a very highly defined and well done, well produced YouTube video. Mm. Right. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. But it's like they check their brains out at the door, so to speak, and just latch onto this stuff. And the fact of the matter is, Brian, conspiracy theories, and I'm talking about most of them. Not the ones that have been proven in history, because we have a few that have been proven without fail. And, you know, even governments have confessed to them because they've been proven without Mm -hmm. doubt. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about, (laughs) you know, the 99 percent and especially the ones that are floating around right now. They appeal to us on an emotional level, not an intellectual level. Okay, Okay. that's first. And right now, people's emotions are very high. They're at high tide, and they've been hijacked. So it makes us ripe to accept it. Mm. But here are four reasons. One, a conspiracy theory gives people a sense of moral superiority. There is a self-righteousness that comes with accepting in believing a conspiracy theory. It's the idea that, well, all of the masses are uninformed, so I have this knowledge because I've done the research, I watched the video, I read the (laughs) journal, I spent an hour reading the Article in the obscure news source. And now I either feel pity for all of my friends who just don't get it. You know, they're uninformed. God bless their befuddled souls. Or (laughs) I'm now furious because I am trying to open the eyes of humanity from its gross blindness. All right. And so there's this false sense of moral spiritual, religious superiority Mm. that just locks into this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And people start feeling sorry or angry because they're just trying to open up people's eyes. So they're spamming people in their email inboxes with this latest video, this latest article, you know, wake up, wake up. Oh, you only understand. Mm. And it really does. It really does produce a sense of self-righteousness that's spiritually toxic, but it feels good, okay? And then if people try to debunk it, well, that just kind of feeds the self-righteousness because now they're a martyr. You know, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now you're attacking me because I'm, I'm a gatekeeper here. You know, I'm trying to save the masses. And so you have that kick in. Well, the second reason, I said there were four, is the profound desire for certainty, what happens uh, is when people feel uncertain, and there's a lot of question marks around this crisis, they don't feel safe, okay? And so what conspiracy theories do is they feed the need for certainty. Answers. It, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It answers everything. And so what people tend to do is, and the conspiracy theory is all built on all of these assumptions that are connected by dots, The problem is, if one of those dots is built on a wrong presupposition, the whole thing falls apart. That's never brought into question. You can make things look a certain way very easily. There are many people today, believe it or not, who believe very strongly that the Earth is not a sphere. It is, in fact, flat. And there's whole societies and there's whole websites built on this. And there's there's entire conspiracy theories that talk about the great cover-up about the flat earth. Now, people may be laughing, but it is true. I mean there are people it's who will, out there. Yeah. And if you do this connecting dot thing, you will come away if you are presented with their line yeah. of thinking. You'll have to question everything, that all the photos you've seen, all the pictures you've seen, all of the history books, all of the books that we read in school about the Earth being a sphere, all that goes out the window. So there is this need for certainty, and that's what conspiracy theories meet, all right? They Hmm. give certainty in times Mm -hmm. of uncertainty. A third reason is just flat-out laziness to do some serious critical thinking. Okay. Okay. Most of the conspiracy theories out there have been debunked. And if you just use your brain, you'll realize that this is impossible. There's no way that this can be true. Okay. We never went to the moon, right? We never (laughs) went there. Yeah. The point is, is that critical thinking goes out the door because again, conspiracy theories prey on emotions. And so people can believe the most outlandish things just because they set aside the critical thinking and it meets that certainty need. And then the last one, quite frankly, is boredom. Now, right now, people are bored to death. They're being unmotivated and they're bored. Conspiracy theories are fun, man. They just are. They're entertaining. Yeah. Entertaining and they're exciting. The more serious the conspiracy theory, the more intriguing it is. And so this is why we have, you know, otherwise well-adjusted, psychologically sound, smart people buying into this stuff. I'll give you a perfect example, all right? So in mid-April, there was a series of videos being spread all over social media about how there was an asteroid that was going to pass the Earth, come very close within its orbit, a very large asteroid. And the videos... Were uh, produced by this expert in astronomy, apparently knows all about NASA. The date that the asteroid was to pass the Earth was April 29th, 2020, just a few weeks ago. Okay. This guy had these videos, well done, very articulate. He's connecting all the dots. He's showing, you know, how NASA is, in fact, talking about the asteroid. But the great cover up is this. We cannot tell the people what it's going to do because it is going to create chaos in the cities. All the debris is going to hit the planet. It's going to create all sorts of problems. And with the pandemic going on, we cannot have the people panic. Okay. well, ladies and gentlemen, that's just another conspiracy that came and went. It was false. But there were so many people, Christians even, believing it, promoting it sounding the alarm blowing the trumpets passing on the videos yeah and that happens with every single conspiracy folks that asteroid did nothing to the planet for crying out loud all of that stuff was garbage it was nonsense but people believed it and they spread it and the same thing's happening right now with dozens of conspiracy theories as i speak
0: You know, I'm part of this little group of writers and creative thinkers, and we try to ideate and, you know, we're all kingdom guys, but we talk about things like narrative wars, you know, content wars, idea wars. I I just, there's so much of this going on, you know, narratives and content wars and idea wars and messaging wars. And, you know, you wonder if, is there some effort to invoke fear, you know, to incite fear? I mean, you talk about what are the reasons on the receiving end of these conspiracies. Yes. Wherever these conspiracies are spawned, Mm. like upstream, wherever they originate, what is that?
1: Sometimes in some of these, and I'm not going to mention one of them, but right now it's very popular. It's going to fade. A couple months, it'll be gone. There is one in particular where the people have an axe to grind, a major personal axe to grind with the individuals who are on the forefront of the coronavirus in the medical community, right? And so they are targets of immense slander. And that's what it is. It's slander. So these people who are on the forefront in the medical community are being demonized just because somebody was personally offended by them. And I've watched this happen on the level of just Christian writers and Christian authors. I've seen it Happen with bloggers. You know, somebody comes to your blog, Brian, they start interacting with your content. Then you say something to them that they don't like or doesn't fit their theological grid. And now they go on an attack. They conjure up all sorts of false narratives against you. Well, that happens in governments, that happens on the national scene, that happens in the world of well known people. And all it takes is a well-done video with a person who sounds reasonable and coherent to absolutely smear another individual, someone you never met, someone I never met, and yet Christian people never meeting these people in person will go ahead and echo the slander. We'll go ahead and jump on the smear campaign. It's just mm-hmm. insane. And never once stepping back and thinking, you know what? What if this person was attacking me? What if they were smearing my name and imputing evil motives to my heart? Well, wait a minute. Didn't Jesus talk about that? Didn't he say all the law and the prophets are fulfilled in this one statement? Treat others the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Who wants to have their name dragged through the mud by some disgruntled soul Nobody does. But yet Christians will go ahead and latch on to that very thing when it's done to somebody else that they don't even know. Mm. Never once thinking, wait a minute, how do I know if any of this is true? You're suggesting
0: (laughs) here that if we acquiesce to these conspiracies, right, if we waste our time on them, you're seeming to infer that, I don't know, at least in some cases, that we are being manipulated by other agendas that are happening and other other layers
1: Absolutely, Between nations, geopolitical or? What you're doing, Brian, is what people are doing when they spread a video that trashes someone else, right, or that accuses them of all sorts of horrible, wicked things that we have no personal knowledge of, okay, because we don't know the person, right? Sure. You know, Dr. Oh. Bottle Stopper, okay, is <laughs> up there, and he's talking about, you know, wash your hands, put masks on. And now I watch a video who's just ripping this guy to shreds. All right. And I'm just going to go ahead and believe it. And then I'm going to pass it on. What I've done is I have just participated in a smear campaign against another person. Mm. And Paul of Tarsus condemns slander. As a mm. work of the flesh, yeah, and slander is any time you speak evil of other people, especially when you don't know them, and especially if the information has not been proven, that's slander. It's not a legal term, it's a biblical term. I mean, just get out any online Bible and look up the word slander you're going to find it condemned all over the New Testament. here's the criteria: it's very simple: What if this person was talking about me? how would I feel? Truly. That's all you have to do. Just ask that question. That's the litmus test that Jesus gave us in Matthew seven twelve. Treat everyone else the way we want to be treated, right? So I don't know. It's very hard to get this across to some Christian people. I don't know why. It's very, very difficult to get this across, even though it's spirituality 101. I mean, this is kindergarten stuff, you know? You don't speak evil of other people, especially if you don't know them personally. You don't have a relationship with them. You know what I mean? It should be
0: elemental. It should be. But we're seduced. I mean, the accuser of the brethren, you know, a a chief— If Satan has three bullet points in his job description, one of them is that he's
1: accusatory. You know what the word devil means. The word devil actually means slanderer. The word Satan means adversary. The word devil means slanderer. That's his nature. He slandered Paul of Tarsus. I mean, if you go through the New Testament— He's been on a
0: disinformation campaign since the Garden. He came to Eve with misinformation, and and he's propagandizing and really slandering God uh, right away, out of the box. It's God's holding back on you, God's not
1: doesn't have your best interest at heart, you know? He doesn't want you to know knowledge like He does. I did a blog post in the past where I listed every false accusation against Jesus of Nazareth, all right? now All of them originated with Satan, but they were spread about by quote-unquote God's people, which at that time were, you know, the Jewish people in the first century. They weren't spread by the pagans and the Romans. They were spread by the religious people of Palestine. And they all were false. And there's multiple ones, man. I mean, his reputation, he was a man of no reputation because his reputation was destroyed. And then Paul, the same thing. I made a list of all the things Paul Tarsus was accused of, false accusations. You know, he was a subject of smear campaigns. And I'm not suggesting that the people in the medical community that we you know, see on the news are God-fearing, God-loving people. That's not the point. The point is slander is a sin. And a lot of this conspiracy theory, it thrives on that stuff. It's built on that stuff. And those accusations, the bulk of them— have never been proven. It's so ungodly. As a Christ follower, you're going to put a
0: big, thick ceiling over your head if you if you engage in that. You will not develop as a Christ follower, right? No way. You, you will not potentialize yourself in a kingdom experience if you're operating at that level, for sure. Amazing. Man, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. It comes yeah. back to that James Amen. 3 thing as well, man, that, that, that the tongue, it just steers and controls things and starts fires that can't be put out. And it's set on fire by hell. Amazing. I think you're really touching on something in this piece, which is vital. And it may be connected to bigger and bigger things than we even may think about, you know, yeah. at first. Appreciate it, Frank. Appreciate it. Now, you mentioned those articles about the accusations against Jesus and against Paul. Do you know what the titles to those articles are on your blog or people could search for? I personally would like to look that up.
1: Yeah. The article is called Rethinking Your Reputation. Mm. If you go to my blog, frankviola.org, and you just type in the search window, Rethinking Your Reputation, the article comes up Great
0: article. You know, what amazes me about Jesus when they accused him of being Beelzebub and, you know, he's full of the devil and all this. This is such an amazing thing. The second member of the Godhead, he says, look, you can speak about me and be forgiven, but not about the Holy Spirit. Mm, Yes. He deferred and honored the Holy Spirit. And if you speak about him and attribute to him these things, what a warning to the religious leaders of, of that day, man. Well, Frank, I, I I so appreciate this, and you know, not only get this PDF, but spread it. You know, whether it's taking them back to the link frankviola.org/slash/survival, or Frank says just pass it on. You could do that too. Why not? It's loaded with links to other resources, other articles, and books, and videos, and audios, and things that are relevant to this theme. But it's a portable document file, <laughs> which can go
1: out. <laughs> you like saying that, don't you? I, I'm just, I'm just,
0: you know, it's the lowly PDF. I mean, I'm <laughs> undervalued. We are not using it like we should. I'm telling you. Hey, thanks a lot, Frank. I I really appreciate this, and it's it's really a conversation that Christians need to have and and, and grow out of these things if need be, and right more integrity in in the body of Christ, keeping the main thing the main thing. All of these issues.
1: Thank you. I think we have four people left listening. I heard all the other all right. phones go off while we were getting okay. into some of the weeds on some of that if stuff. You're still so. listening at the end. Thank incoming. you, you four. I appreciate you very much. Frank will ship you toilet paper. <laughs> the only caveat to that is the toilet paper will not be back in stock until the year 2027, but you can look for it then. Just don't change your address. <laughs> all right. Very
0: good. We'll see you, Frank. Yeah, thanks, Frank. I really appreciate the conversation. I appreciate your resources that you create, the work that you do and the integrity and the consecration that I know that you carry personally and in ministry and in the work, the contribution that you bring to the table. Now go get your copy at Frank Viola, V-I-O-L-A, frankviola.org slash survival. To learn more about this podcast, go to jesussmart.com. You can see the show notes page there for this episode for links and additional resources. And you can go directly to the show notes page at jesussmart.com slash thrive. Hey, would you share this episode with one or two of your friends? Come on, you know, one, two, three, you probably know 20 friends that need this. I don't know. Copy and paste a message and just sprinkle it on social media, put it in an email Use a pigeon, smoke signals, share the word about this episode and about this free resource. It's time to be informed, encouraged, inspired, and challenged. We want to come out of this and be more as a person, do more, be faster, be more consecrated, more efficient, more agile in the Lord. Hey, we have an e-letter which goes out just about every week with uh, next level elements to develop as a Christ follower and apprentice of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to receive that, it's totally free. You can see the uh, sign up options at JesusSmart.com. Can I get an amen that Jesus is smarter than this virus? I tell you, the IQ of a virus has got to be pretty low. I'm going to say that Jesus is smarter than the virus. He's totally brilliant. The most brilliant mind in the universe. He knows how this life works best right now and the future belongs to him. The fullness of his kingdom is on the way.